there's already so much buzz because of the movie deal. Michael B. Jordan is circling. We want to put him on the cover in one of those um, uh, scarves, I guess you would call them, tied around his head. A do-rag? Do-rag, that's it. Do-rag and a tank top with the muscles showing. Ooh, something called the fire department. <laughs> that was from American Fiction. On this episode of Why Watch That. Why Watch That's on a quest to help you find the movies and TV shows you'll love. Buckle in. Thelonious Monk Ellison, played by Jeffrey Wright, is a professor and accomplished writer who's reached his limit. Since he's a Black man who's unafraid of confronting classic literature from the American South, his students are sure that he needs correcting. What he really needs is time off, and according to his agent author, played by John Ortiz, he needs a hit. Monk, your books are good, but they're not popular. Editors, they want a Black book. They have a Black book. I'm Black, and it's my book. You know what I mean. Yes, we sure do. And so will Monk after he attends the Massachusetts Festival of Books. While there, instead of being able to promote his new book, he finds that all the attention is focused on new writer Sintara Golden, played by Issa Rae. She's someone who definitely knows how to represent her people. What really struck me was that too few books were about my people. Where are our stories? Where's our representation? And all that realness is reflected in Wee's Lives in the Ghetto, her authentic take on the Black experience. Would you give us the pleasure of reading an excerpt? Yo, Sharonda, girl, you be pregnant again? If I is, Ray Ray is gonna be a real father this time around. Thank you. See where this is going? And with that, Monk exacts his revenge. Look at what they published. Look at what they expect us to write. I just wanna rub their noses in it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? I be standing outside in the night. Deadbeat dads, rappers, crack. You said you wanted black stuff. That's black, right? I see what you do. But will anyone else see? How exactly will this be received? We sold a book. No. We believe Mr. Lee has written a bestseller. It's a joke. The most lucrative joke you've ever told. And that's important because things aren't going so well for his family. His doctor sister Lisa, played by Tracy Ellis Ross, has gone through a tough divorce. His mother Agnes, played by Leslie Uggams, is forgetting things. And his doctor brother Cliff, played by Sterling K. Brown, has gone through a whole host of changes. Even still, they're well-to-do. Mother still has help from their longtime housekeeper Lorraine, who's played by Myra Lucretia Taylor after all. But that won't do for the writer of an authentic book for the culture. Now, is Stag a pseudonym? Yeah. Mr. Lee can't use his real name. Is this based on your actual life? Yeah, you think some ass college boy can come up with that? No, 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 I don't. And Paula, played by Miriam Shore, isn't alone. As you can expect, with a book this hot, Hollywood comes a calling in the form of Wiley, played by Adam Brody. Can I ask what you were in for? Was it murder? You said that, not me. We can get it out in time for Juneteenth. And from there, things snowball out of control as Monk tries to navigate treacherous family waters and the potential for a new relationship with Coraline, who's played by Erica Alexander, a public defender who happens to love her job and who actually read one of Monk's books. So will Monk decide to stand on principle or fall for the hype? 
and the money. They ran 300,000 copies. Your books changed people's lives. They're offering $4 million for the movie rights. Yes! The dumber I behave, the richer I get. In the end, he'll discover that when you want to make a point via the system you want to criticize, you still might end up being a pawn. But he can't. Go back to not selling books. Is it bad to cater to people's tastes? People want to love you, Monk. You should let them love all of you. Stag Arley is still on the run for authorities. You haven't done anything. It's not like they can arrest you. All right, American fiction. Um, before we get into this, let's thank you guys for watching the show. And remember, we love when you like, share, subscribe, comment, and let us know what it is you want to see. Um, American fiction and Our, let's remind everyone oh, i'm yeah. the critic yes i've watched it i will review it the producer has not so she will give her impression of not only what i say but also the plot summary that you just witnessed mm -hmm. so before we get to that producer tell these people american fiction how can they watch it yeah so american fiction is going to be available limited release um Friday, December 15th. It's going to in be theaters, added right. in theaters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're going to be able to get it in additional cities on um, December 22nd. So the following Friday, and then it will be available everywhere in January. Ooh. Yeah. It's called awards bait. They want this to get these awards. Now, before I go into whether they should get an award, mm -hmm. your impressions of that plot summary, my friend, what are you thinking? Now, let me just, before you dive in, when we watch these plot summaries together, everybody, the producer and I, obviously off cam, I will watch her watching it every now and then to gauge how she's feeling. She was acting like she was, I don't know, on her couch watching this or in a theater. There was a blanket, there was snacks, and there was laughter. So I guess that's a good sign for American fiction, <laughs> at least as edited by me. So go ahead, producer, with that backstory. Tell us, would you, let me just ask you this. Would you go to a theater to see this? You know what's funny? I would, because I don't want to wait. Like, I really want to oh. see it. Like, I don't want to wait. Like, usually oh. I'm like, oh, I can wait. But I want to, I don't want to wait. I love Jeffrey Wright. So anytime I get to see him, that'll, that's cool. The story, the plot of it, I find very hilarious. It reminds me of an episode of I'm Family Guy. So, you know. <laughs> Only makes me laugh there. Only you. <laughs> Only you. <laughs> okay. So, like, it's just my type of humor. And so I'm totally interested in checking it out. <laughs> I'm going to end the review right there. <laughs> like an episode of Family Guy. <laughs> and if you Very watch good. Family Guy, you know exactly what episode I'm talking about. <laughs> And there are other things that might remind yeah. you of as well, you know, a, a little uh, boondocks and yes, yep. <laughs> and I'm going to say something you might not be thinking about, producer, that it really reminded me of mm -hmm. in a moment. So yes, that's interesting. You've never said that before, producer. You've never said that you can't wait to see something that we have reviewed. That is interesting. So now the thing is, though, what's not in the plot summary. And really, overall in this movie, uh, Core Jefferson, who is the writer director of this, he's dealing with a lot, a lot, and not everything gets fully explored. And you do bounce, you bounce from not only scene to scene, but theme to theme. It's a high wire act to do that and keep people's attention. Does does he succeed? One second. 
So at the beginning, we have Monk, and his nickname is Monk because his name is Thelonious. Get it? Right. So I like little things like that are good. And by the way, um, Cord's uh, screenplay is adapted from Percival Everett's uh, novel Erasure. And you could tell that this was a book. Uh, I can imagine reading this book and getting all of this working together. So we start with Monk. He's a professor. He's in his class. We see him there. And of course, there he's dealing, like I said, with the literature of the American South. You know what's going to come up. And you know there's some student who has a problem. What group does the student belong to? You know, that kind of thing. And he's sitting there like, I'm a black man. <laughs> if I can handle this, so can you. And that leads to him essentially taking a sabbatical. Why? So that that was just a tiny part of the movie. But it's an interesting way to start it. Because really what Cord is saying to us is, we're going to take this on but we're going to do it in a way that's smart and nuanced. And I did like that because right now, all of a sudden, everybody has the right to be offended by anything. And you know what I think about that producer. I'm not even going to get into it. Like my eyes start rolling out of my head. <laughs> Grow up. Mm -hmm. The world is not here to save you or protect you. Wake up. And if you want to make it that way, good luck. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people want you to think that's the case for certain reasons. That's as far as I'll take that. So it started that way, producer, and they had me with that. I did like the way it was not, not just that they were doing it, but the way it was done. And another core theme that isn't quite in the plot summary, because of course we don't spoil here and you, we want you to discover things when you watch, but one of the things that was kind of whispering through the movie and sometimes not whispering is there are challenges when it comes to having to take care of yourself. See, that's what I do like about this. It's not somebody else needs to take care of me. Monk has to take care of himself. His siblings have to take care of themselves. I like responsibility. But on top of that, also the ones you love who can't any longer, like his mom, Leslie Uggam's character. So having to deal with those two things, you're caring for yourself, you're caring for your mom, the sandwich generation, they call it. So I thought that was an interesting theme. And also, as you're doing that, figuring out that the people you look up to, maybe your parents, maybe somebody else, aren't saints. They're people. Because there is Monk's father. Now, he's gone. He has passed away. But there are some revelations that Monk has to learn because his experience with him isn't the same as his other, other siblings. So that's a part of it as well. Now, another thing they're dealing with is this whole idea of representation. Because a lot of times when we get into that, it is stereotypical. That's representation. It's not really about being inclusive, even though y'all use that word all the time. Mm -hmm. It's including the people you want to include and the way you want to include them, right? So a lot of times you amplify the stereotype and squelch the myriad ways to be a member of a group. You know, I don't, I'm allergic to groups. Producer, you know this. Yes, the, the, the critic loves a community. I do not. Um, <laughs> because what I mean by that is I don't like 
when people look at individuals as members of groups. And some individuals want to be looked at that way. I like to look at individuals as individuals. Um, so there's that. But even though we have these meaty topics, producer, as you can tell everybody from the plot summary, there's a breezy touch to this zeitgeisty kind of thing. And it deserves to be confronted. It really does. I think this is right on the nose where we are in the uh, in history. Perfect time to do this. Um, and there's a matching jazz score that I did like a lot. That's not in the plot summary. They don't use it there. It reminded me, and here I'm coming to this, producer, it reminded me of the music from Sideways. Yes. Yes. Mm, I see, I see. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and beyond that, producer, even the writing reminded me a bit of Sideways. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, is the writing here as good? No, not quite as good as side Sideways. Is just That's great. That's another level. But this is close enough. It really is. And what I was thinking was the people in this movie actually would live in the same universe as the people in Sideways. That would be the same universe. Different parts of it. But I could see them meeting and conversing. Remember, Sideways is about a writer. Like, all of that's there. It's just a different side of it. I just I think it will be an interesting uh, movie night when this is available outside of theaters or even for certain small houses, theater houses, to do a sideways American fiction night. It'd be very interesting. And I know, producer, you're going, hmm, that sounds like me right there. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, that's a huge compliment for me to give uh, the cord and everybody here in the movie itself. Uh, so there you go. I haven't read Erasure. It's tickling the back of my mind, though, to read it. I'll put it that way. Yeah. So it's not as pristine of a script in an execution as sideways, but it's accomplished. It's accomplished. And again, you were tackling these subjects, but in a tone that works. It's not easy to do because... When you watch it, you'll see what I mean. You'll finish a scene and go, oh, wait, I'm not finished with that. Then you're on to the next, but you keep going with the movie. So it, it's kind of throwing you all over the place, which they could have done a bit better, but that's very difficult to do. It's hard for me to really criticize it too much because I get the position Cord is in. He's like, I do want to deal with all of this stuff and all of these characters. How am I going to do that in a movie that's not going to be forever long? Because you don't want you want that breeziness. You want it to keep going. So there you go. So even when the characters, their lines feel a hair too studied, just a hair. Again, this film has a lot to say about a lot of topics. It says it in a way that achieves enough insight to separate it from all of the trash that's foisted upon us right now. Yes. Yes, it does. And even with all of these different things happening, the beat changes and narrative shifts are almost effortless. Like I was saying, I would, it, it's later when I'm like, oh, wait, I'm not done with that. But then, oh, what's going on here? And one of the major things that helped, like you said, producer, we have the great Jeffrey Wright playing Monk. He was born to play this role. 
I don't know mm. what kind of prep he did. I don't know if he had to do any, to be honest. It's that easy. Um, you know, he has to play a learned man who is kind of annoyed. Great. And then, as you saw, he has to act out this alias on the spot because this agent's like, go ahead, do it. So Jeffrey Wright, as an actor, has to play. I don't know I'm about to do this. What character am I going to play? I got to ease my way into it. Like all of that's there. He's always clear. He's just funny enough when warranted, not too much. And he makes sense of this script that's all over the place because the script could have easily veered off the path at any moment. It really could. But it veers without losing you is how I would say it. Now, for the rest of the cast, they fit. I mean, they just fit. In the plot summary, because they didn't give us any clips, Erica Alexander, as this person who comes into his life and kind of gets him, their relationship is great. It's And I mean the actors, the way they relate Erica and Jeffrey is just, it's great. Leslie Uggams is just a, you know, a treasure. Love to see her anytime. And then, of course, she's playing a woman who's losing her memory. Myra playing the housekeeper, that because that tells you a lot too. When I was saying it's a well-to-do family, when you'll see how they introduce her character, you're like, wait, who is this? The way it's done, because she's a member of the family. And there's a whole thing that Cord devotes to her character as well. She's not just a throwaway. Because one of the major issues for the siblings is mom's care, can we afford it, even though they're well-to-do? And the question is, can they afford? keeping the housekeeper, you know, who's more than a housekeeper. So like, see, it, it, but you got to cast it right. Tracy Ellis Ross, who doesn't want to see Tracy Ellis Ross? <laughs> and you'll see why they casted her. I'm not going to give it away. You'll see why she's there. Sometimes you need to cast the right actor to do what the script can't. That's what I'll say there. Now, when it comes to Sterling, I think this is one place where the script wasn't quite crisp enough for his character, because his character is a lot. I didn't give anything away. It is a lot. It almost, I almost found myself going out of the movie with his character. I didn't think he was integrated into the larger plot with Monk enough. It's there, where you're not going to go, oh my gosh, but every now and then I would stop thinking about the movie, what it was saying, and more about why he was there. That was my thought on that. But, you know, when Sterling and Jeffrey actually have to nail a moment, when there's a bigger issue, like about their dad and so on, it's done. I mean, it's Sterling K. Brown. You can't complain. It's not him. I just don't know about that character all the way. You'll see when you watch it. Um, now, one other thing about actors, someone I didn't mention who was in this cast is one of the producer's favorites. And when I say this, just watch the producer's reaction when I say this name, Keith David. <laughs> the producer will never forget Keith after Requiem for a Dream. Go ahead, producer. Tell us your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> if you haven't seen Requ Requiem, um, 
Yeah. Get ready if you're going to watch it. <laughs> yes. And you'll know exactly the moment. <laughs> there are so many moments in that movie. Awesome, you're going to be like, because it, 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 it's a while until you get to that moment. Yeah. It's yeah. at the end. There's so many moments. You're going to be so exhausted by you get by the time you get there. You're going to be like, really? Is there more? Yeah. <clears throat> that, if you haven't seen Re- Requiem and you are not fragile, you got to watch it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Even your boy uh, Marlon. Marlon Wayans, great yeah, job. I agree. put that in there. Because <laughs> when he says that, everybody's like, "Yeah, do that." Jared Leto <laughs> and Jennifer Connelly. Wow, and Ellen Burstyn. Yeah, Ellen. Yeah. And look. Anyway, this is not about Requiem, but Keith David, and just like I was saying about Tracy. Keith David is uh, in this movie because you need that actor to sell it. Because what happens, producer, what you don't see in the plot summary, and then I'm going to wrap this up, is when he starts writing this book, right, which starts to be my pathology. You'll see where it ends up. As he's writing, we they show us what he's seeing as he's writing. The characters come to life. As he's writing it. And then they interact with him. They'll be like, would I really say that? It's it's really cool how they do that. And Keith David is one of the characters. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how you use a visual medium with something that is very literate. I just, I mean, it, this, it's, I don't know what the book is like, but I can imagine, I can only imagine how Cord had to sit down and plan all of this. Yeah. So there you go. So, but coming back to really one of the main things when it comes to the group discussion I had before, what I noted about that in the end is you are black, let's say, or a member of a group, but a lot of people of all colors, by the way, including black people, some of them want you to perform it. That's the problem. And for some reason, when you perform it, it's authentic. You know, I detest that. Yes, we do. Yes, but remember what Monk said, the dumber I behave, the richer I get. That is a great line. Mm -hmm. Put it on a plaque. Carry it around in your wallets or purses or whatever and pull it out Mm. when somebody needs to get checked. So if that said, checkmate, when it comes (laughs) to American fiction, I did really enjoy this. Um, and I'm so, happy because I know yeah. you were looking forward to this one. So I'm happy that like you enjoyed it. Like yeah. you said, you yeah. say Jeffrey Wright in this kind of movie. I mean, yeah. and, but it's nice that core, cause this is his first time directing. Mm-hmm. I want to see what he's going to be doing next. You know, mm-hmm. it's that kind of thing. Um, so I, I, this makes me happy that this is in the world. Mm-hmm. And as someone who is a voting member of, a critics organization, I will definitely consider this to get some votes. We'll see. So that's where I stand with that. Producer, are you still going to rush out to the theater? Because you do live in the New York City (laughs) area. Yeah. You're going to rush out. I'm going to check and see where it's playing. I have to leave the house this weekend anyway. With that, everyone, we hope you get a chance to leave your homes as well. Whether it's to see American fiction or not, remember You are more than the groups you belong to. Thanks for joining us. For up-to-date info and to share what's on your watch list, 
Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Why Watch That, and on Twitter at WWT Radio. Also, you can visit us at whywatchthat.com. And while you're at it, don't forget to go ahead and rate Why Watch That Radio on iTunes. Let's keep the conversation going. 